You are now listening to Let's Get Active Podcast. I'm Lamar. And I'm Jay. So, Lamar, what are we about to do? Let's get active. Hey, let's get active. What's going on, guys? We are back with another Let's Get Active Podcast. Today season we have two? A, season two, man. Season two. Today we have a special guest with us, Rich from Live from the Living Room Podcast. Lamar, let you introduce Rich. So I came across Rich's podcast just from me listening to different people's podcasts. And I just went through searching a lot of podcasts and his content stood out to me. So I listened to one episode, then turned to me listening to two episodes, and then turned to me listening to like five episodes. So I was like, I, we got me and Jay have a podcast. Why not reach out to them? So we reached out to him. He replied fast, like, that was crazy because like most podcasts that we reached out to so far either they haven't replied or it took them a couple of days so that was a bonus but then so now here we are we collabing so i appreciate the love got you on here rich i'm let you talk rich man excited about this one man hey 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 man i appreciate you guys for having me i enjoy you guys content as well um it's, it's it's different it's different because Every part of life, every age group, every um, situation introduces different topics and different um, point of view. And that's what I enjoy listening to you guys. Um, I think the last thing I listened to you guys were talking about sipping the tr- uh, uh, sipping or uh, trick or pimping. Pimping, yeah. it was a pimping or sipping? Pimping or sipping. Yeah, sipping, pimping or pimping. sipping. Yeah, 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 yeah. I enjoyed listening to that. Um, and then when you guys had the girls on, that was fun too because I, I could feel – I could feel all the tension in the room and like the unsettled, like how unsettled everyone was, but at the same time, everyone's trying to be cool. Yeah, yeah we like that. We like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I love the most about the podcast space because you get this thing where it's like it's a big social experience. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's what I was saying. Like on my previous episodes, that one of my favorite things is just being able to meet other people. And with COVID and everything, you know, we can't really meet face to face everyone. So just being able have the platform of Zoom or any other platform to get on here and speak to people. You know, Rich is in Atlanta right now. You know, we're me and Lamar both in Texas. So it's just cool to be able to you know, reach out and link with people um, and have conversations virtually. And build those relationships too at the same time. Because like, how many people you know um, from Atlanta that you met through having a podcast or met through a podcast? Like, it's very rare for me to see someone like, like artists, um, athletes that you see on social media and stuff like that to actually reach out and then be able to have a conversation with them. Like most times, it don't go that deep. Absolutely. I, what I like most about athletes, entertainers, and, and everyday people having podcasts is you get the unfiltered talk without like limitations on characters like you would get in, in Twitter or captions and stuff like that. And then also, there's a different level of uh, of of uh, engagement and also understanding when you actually get to listen to a person speak. Um, and it's just fun. I mean, you get to hear the animation in a person's voice. You get to connect with them. And it's just, it's just I think it's just dope, man. I just, it start, for me, I started with um, being a hip-hop journalist. I used to write for websites. I used to do um, album reviews, um, editorials, and actual interviews with artists. And the thing that was frustrating for me is because Red, 
no no one really reads. Like people look at the most salacious thing that you said or the artist says in the, in the course of an interview, and they take maybe three pages of good content and reduce it down to a basically like a ten second clip of their mind. Yeah. And that's essentially what you know what the algorithm algorithm do to us on social media at this point in time too. You would say you would take a two hour interview and condense it down to maybe ten or thirty seconds of a of of, of a sound clip or a bite. And that's where we're left with everybody breaking down as far as like what their what their opinions are or what you thought what they thought you meant, and they may not ever see the full length of the content in which it was put out with that uh, with that interview, and they all they they judging you basically on ten to thirty second clips. Yeah. Okay, that's real. So before we get started, though, let's dive into this our daily well not daily our quote of the day. So this one is actually from a book I've been reading. It's called 21 Rituals to Ignite Your Intuition. So if y'all, you need a good book to read, go check it out. But here's the quote. Never apologize for trusting your intuition. Your brain can play tricks. Your heart can be blind, but your gut is always right. So if y'all look for a good read, 21 Rituals to Ignite Your Intuition is a good one. I'm waiting for the next. Is it a male or female author? Uh, it's, a, it's a female from a purpose. Well, it's a female that wrote it. Teresa. Uh, I'm going to say something highly problematic right now. Based on <laughs> um, based on that, that quote, it sounds like a woman wrote so, so. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but, Have you guys read the 48 Laws of Power? Not yet. Uh -huh. it. So it, it's, written by, it's written by a man and it's universal, and I, I'm tongue in cheek when I say I, I can tell that was written by that quote came from a woman because you know most women run off emotion more so than men. Yeah. Men run off emotions as well, but as leaders in our communities, households, and just in, as general beings, we have to table our emotions and use more so logic. But intuition and out the human human side of things uh, is important. But I'm just being, like I said, I'm being something big. I can tell a woman wrote that quote. No, yeah, that's, that's a tough thing, though. Deciding to, to, to trust your gut or, like, I guess more like your intuition or, like, facts. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a hard thing to, to come by because your, your heart is huge. You want to put everybody's, get everybody's uh, best benefit of the doubt. But sometimes you can't, man. And it's, it's a tough thing to do. There's a fine line for it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's a tough situation to be put in, a tough yeah. corner to be put in. Then you have your brain, like, thinking over, analyzing, analyzing everything, like, uh, I don't know. My heart's saying this, my gut's saying this, but mm -hmm. the, the logic of it is, like, it's not right. All right, let me let me, uh, let me me get something out. Let me read uh, real quick. Um, for the Zodiac lovers, what, what, what are you guys on? I'm a Cancer. Cancer? Sagittarius. Sag I'm a Pisces. Um, I was I was raised in a single household with a single single mother household. You guys were as well, right? I have a, both my parents. They since both raised me, so yeah, same, okay. same. same for you. Yep, same. Okay, so you guys you guys uh, generate more of your content, or not 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 for the content. Um, your philosophies, your personal philosophies. Do you think your mother or your father have more of an influence on your personal philosophies and how you treat? people and how you make your decisions more so my father honestly like i feel like i learned a lot from him he like 
most of the times when I wear like would get in trouble or just needed wisdom or something, he was more likely the one there that's like let me know something and like basically give me the game type of thing. Honestly, yeah, honestly, I feel like I'm split right between. Like for me, it would depend on the situation because I feel like my parents are are very different when it comes to stuff like that. Um, And like I said, depending on the situation, I think I'll take out more more after my mom. And then other situations, I think I'll take out to my dad. So I think it just depends on the type of situation. But I've thought about that question a lot, actually. Uh, Like growing up, I seriously think that I'm split right between the middle. Well, it's good to be right in the middle. I mean, that means that you have balance. And that's really what the, that's really the, the goal of having a two-parent household. It's, mm. it's a, it's, it's, when you raise a child, it's supposed to be a two-parent situation. Yeah. Um, that's where you have balance at. And that's why it's not an overload on one parent to be the provider, protector, and then also the blanket, the shield, and emotional and something. Because um, no one person can naturally achieve all that without hurt, harming themselves or the person they were trying to, they were trying to hurt. So, like, let me ask you, since you had, like, you said you came from, like, a single mother uh, household. Yeah. How do you fit? So, you more more likely you learned everything from her. So, but how did you, like, gain the stuff that you came across through your life that she couldn't teach you? Um. So, my, I had a long, I, <laughs> I had a long distance daddy. So, um, I am a product of my dad cheating on his wife. Um, And now that doesn't, that doesn't sound, it doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound nice, but I'm, 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 I'm real big on honesty. And the thing about that is uh, once I understood the dynamics of my household and my family, I started looking for different father figures and different role models. And one thing that I found when you don't have a father that's active in your life uh, every single day, what you end up doing is you basically find either a group of friends or you find mentors um, that's basically in your proximity. So for me, I I, lean, I, I would lean on different people um, on situations that I thought that they made the best decisions or they lived the life that I, I figured uh, would be the most beneficial for me. For instance, um, I developed a group of friends in, um, in the gym they were bodybuilders. I never, I don't want to be a bodybuilder, but if I want to gain mass and get the fastest uh, group to gain, what's better than have a group of friends for bodybuilders? Now, I'm not going to talk philosophy with these guys. <clears throat> so I have different uh, friends that I, that I talk to for uh, music. I have, I have, um, I have guys that used to write for the Force Magazine, and now he runs uh, Dirt, uh, Dirt, DGB, uh, Dirt Drug Bastard, where he, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hip-hop media company. Um, he started work, working with uh, Forrest Magazine uh, way back when, and I just lean on him and these different guys for just advice with different things, different parts of life. So that's pretty much what happens when you don't have a, a, a everyday figure. You either adopt one person, but for me, I know one person doesn't have all the answers. And I can't say when I decided that or when I when I understood that, but it was it was fairly early in my life I understood that no one person has all the answers. So I, it's like you develop a focus group, of course. Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask you actually. Like, what age did you did you start to realize that you know you needed to find other people elsewhere outside of your household? That I had advice uh, from my dad. Yeah, really. Yeah. So. <laughs> so. Um, I, I, it's a, it's a, 
it's a rather it's an uncomfortable story, but it's but we need to have uncomfortable conversations to reach growth. Sure. Um, so I remember I was in I guess I was in middle school, and I I had like uh I had two girls I was trying to decide on which girl to make my girlfriend. Very you know young and innocent thing, right? <laughs> so I so naturally I asked my dad, and he's like, um, now now granted my dad's an older dude, so everything he's done, he's not like he's like Morgan Freeman, so I never saw him young. <laughs> so, so just picture Morgan Freeman talking to you, a country Morgan Freeman. He's like, um, well, what side of town I live on? I said, well, one lives here, one lives there. And he's like, well, I live on two different side of town. I mean, you got two girls that you go visit. <laughs> <laughs> that is active. <laughs> right, right, right. So, and, and then also when I started, I think I had to be like around maybe 12, 13 around that, around that time in which that conversation transpired. But I also rejected the notion of that because I was also so upset um, when I needed a father to do father things. He, you know, we wouldn't live in the same town. So he's never present for things that guys need to need help with. Uh, something like very small things, how to interact with other men, how to, um, how to shake a man's hand, look him in the eye. Um, how to stand on your word, like different forms of, of manhood that a person dismisses can't teach you. Um, how to live properly, you know, um, how to work on cars, you know, just do handy stuff as men. Um, I I was upset. And and then I also recognized um, very early by him introducing me to different women in his life, i.e. women he was cheating on his wife with. Um, and I saw I saw the, the, the trauma within my family. The fathers, um, the creative, the, the the separation of um, um, the emasculation of the men in my family, and then the, the hardening of the women in my family, where they were be more masculine because they looked at how our father treated their mother and all the other women that he would, you know, he would carry his children around the house, uh, not the house, but uh, different, you know, different women that he interacted with. And I know I didn't want that for myself, so I pretty much rejected his philosophy uh, early on in life. Mm. Like I, I fully agree. Like the whole, like, like you said, you want to be truthful. Like the transparency. Like I respect that honestly. And then like the, like just putting everything on the table. Like because you basically speaking your truth, and like you're not, like it's not holding you back. Like you move forward from it already. Like you took it as a learning lesson. So that I salute you for real. So after you realized that you didn't need other people to look up to outside of your household? Like, how was that transition? Like, was it uncomfortable for you to, to reach out to other people? How, how was that transition for you? Because I know, you know, going back to being a man, you know, over, you know, it's last centuries or last decades, we, um, where, you know, men never want to ask for help, you know, when it comes to asking for directions or all, all that jazz. So was it uncomfortable for you um, being able to reach out or how did you come to yourself to say, you know, you got to put your pride aside and reach out to other people in order to, you know, be the person that you want to be. Every phase of life is a culture shock. When you move to a new town, you go to a new school, um, you, you go from high school to college, um, you you talk to somebody that's used to renting in a house versus people that are homeowners, and then you talk to people that are in, uh, invested. Every time you're the new person in a room, it's a culture shock. When you're trying to reach for someone, eat, Reach, reach to someone for advice. So the thing is, you have all these questions, but you don't have the right questions. 
and a thing about understanding um, the growth. Um, sometimes you don't, some things with life require experience rather than knowledge because you don't know what, what, what answers you need until you run to the problem. Um, and it's always uncomfortable. The thing about being a man, I would say the older you get, the harder it is uh, to ask questions because um, as, you, as, we, as we get older, we're expected to know certain things without the help of an elder or a parent. And the older you are, and, and, and it becomes a moment of, of, you get shamed for not knowing certain things. And if you never learned it, certain things that are like core values or certain things that are like um, um, just basic knowledge for somebody else that grew up in a different situation, you you feel you feel left out or you feel shamed because you don't know. So it's a matter of getting over your pride and getting over the things yourself and basically being comfortable being uncomfortable so you can get that growth. I love so, that. It's one of my favorite sayings, being comfortable, being uncomfortable. Yeah, that's a good one. So like, what's one thing that you say that you learned like stood, that stood out to you the most? Um, ask questions. I'm, I mean, I mean, so I'm a very, I'm a very introverted person. Um, when I, I have on switch, I have on off switches. So when I go in a room to know I'm going to be in a social setting, I know I have to be on. Um, so I, I make conversation rather easy. Um, my, my background of like, you know, doing, doing journalism work, I, I rather just ask questions in most scenarios, but if you start asking questions, people open up because everybody wants to be heard, you know? And as you're in the, in, in learning about a person, if you ask questions for yourself, for your own, um, for your own growth, that's where you get the little nuggets of life. Um, so I guess I just learn to step outside of myself. And I think being by, by being by yourself in a, in a, in a new situation, it's easier versus being, in a comfortable group. Like, say, for instance, if you guys were to go out um, with a group of friends, you basically do what your friends want to do. Whereas if you went to a strange club or to a new part of town by yourself, you end up talking to more people because you don't have your natural friends that you came with to ask questions. Yeah, you got it. It's kind of you're forced to, like, make friends because you'd rather not be at a club with somebody yourself versus because you're used to going to a club with your friends all the time. But right. I, I get that because, like, I would say I'm an introvert, but I can turn that switch on if I need to. So I guess I heard like being called a couple of times, you um that I'm an introvert, extrovert. Extrovert introvert. Yeah. So yeah. like I have times where I'm just like to myself, but if I go in a like social setting or I would like some friends or whatever, I can turn that switch on if I need to. Yeah. Um uh, uh, with the you being a Sagittarius, you feel you feel the need to travel and like like engage in new experiences where other people will be a little bit more timid. You say, am, am I more timid? No, no, no. Other people like <clears throat> you, you. I know all the Sagittarius. Well, all my all my best friends are Sagittarius women. Um, for the most part, I know they they love new experiences. They love being in new surroundings and new adventures. Where other people will find the same scenarios in like the traveling or or meet new people in new surroundings and make them very cautious and timid. Uh, do you find yourself um, being more outgoing naturally than the, than the average person? Honestly, that's me a hundred percent. Like literally, I'm like I thrive off like meeting new people, going places and and trying new things, and like being around people that I don't know, and learning to like put myself in situations where I'm uncomfortable. So I can't be comfortable. That's why when I told you earlier, that's one of my favorite sayings, because I actually 
live my life that way. So Lamar, if you remember, we had a we had a podcast with our with our brother podcast in season one, and these guys were thinking I was crazy when I was saying like I enjoy being uncomfortable. Like I don't mind going to like you know a bar or something or an event where I don't know anybody and meeting people. And these guys are like, why would you do that? Like, why would you take time to meet people that you don't even know they want to talk to you? Well, how do you know they want to talk to you if you never even talk to them? And I, I was trying to explain to them, and they, they just kept saying, you know, they understand why I was doing what I was doing. And maybe that's just, I feel like that's just how I was like built. That's just how I am. I enjoy like That's actually like what I thrive off of. And I like I said, I love being uncomfortable because I never want to be put in a position or more so, I want to train myself to, if I'm ever in a situation to where I am uncomfortable, I know how to deal with it because I already put myself through trials. So I mean, there's an example, like when I go to work, so I'm in an elevator, you know, when you're in an elevator with one other person or two other people going up three flights, um, it might seem like three hours, but it was like 10 seconds because that awkwardness just intensifies everything. Well, me, I've always put myself in position to, I've forced myself to always make conversation with somebody in that, in that situation because they might be uncomfortable and I might be uncomfortable, but it's trained me to know how to you know, talk to people, you know, random people, uh, be like spontaneous, have spontaneous interactions with people and be comfortable with that. And now like it's helped me grow as a communicator. It's helped me grow as a person because I feel like I'm always the person to you know, reach out. Um, and make myself comfortable because like I said, I put myself through those trials earlier and I'm comfortable and um, I know how to handle those situations. So, so quick question, quick question. You, when you talk to new people, every, I think what most people have uh, stopping them from those uncomfortable, well, what, we, what we consider to be uncomfortable situations where basically talking to people in one place that we don't know. Um, what, how many failures have you encountered? Many, many failures. Can you name some? Like, what what's some of like the worst situations, uh, awkward interactions, or, or what you would deem a failure? Um, um they're honestly, I don't think they're really that bad. Yeah, um, they're they're not that bad. Like, I might say a failure, but it's just that it might be I'm making an effort to talk to somebody and they just blow me off. Like, yeah. I've had, you know, I'll be walking. I mean, a failure for me is walking through work and saying like somebody walking right past me shoulder to shoulder and, I, and i'm like hey good morning how are you doing and they just walk right past me that's happened to me multiple times that i mean i could care less to other people it might seem like a failure but to me it's like okay next you no know, it is what it is uh, but i'm never gonna stop doing it just because that situation happened it might, it might it's not really a failure to me it's a, it's a lesson or it's a learning experience i mean that you know not everybody wants to talk to you and, and it happens well, well, the reason why I wanted you to, the reason why I have that question is because all the successes, and it's like the Rudy Thirds, I don't know if you ever heard of this concept, but if you talk to 10 people, you talk to 100, and maybe a third of those conversations and interactions with those people will lead to the best thing or even investments. Um, if you invest in 10 different businesses or 10 different, um, you know, things in life, a third of them are going to be successful. So if you have 10, if you introduce yourself to 10 new people, um, seven of them are going to be dug, but those three new people that you meet, it's going to be, you know, somebody that's going to introduce you to another part of philosophy that you've never encountered, uh, new culture, new food, uh, new investment ideas. And for me, that's worth the risk. 
it's, yeah. for me, what I have to do, me being a natural introvert, I have to force myself to leave the house. Once I leave the house or make myself available in, in person with people, it's a lot easier once I get there. Um, but for me, it's, I think it's easier now than I was when I was a more timid, timid teenager because I just didn't know what I didn't know. And everybody, every, you know, you walk around with so much pressure thinking you have to be perfect and pristine. But when you, once you become an adult, you realize most people are just guessing. No one really has all that. Yeah, no, I, I agree. You said it no, exactly. Is it worth the risk? And if that person doesn't talk to me, even though that conversation might have been a failure, I still think it's worth the risk because you never know that next person you talk to might be that person that wants to invest in you or like you said, introduce you to somebody that's going to you know, make your life propel. So I had a friend, it's kind of a funny story, but uh, we were going out, whatever. He's very timid around like women and he was just scared to talk to like women when we were out. He was like scared of rejection. I was like, bro, how can you be scared of rejection? Like, you know, like that helps you grow. And I was like, so I was like, so if you go out and you shoot your shot, a hundred times at a hundred different girls. You bound to make one of them. And yeah, and, and you get shot down 99% of the time. So that's 99 girls that told you no. But that one could be your wife. That one that told you yes and gave you her number could be your wife. And to me, that's the worth the risk. That's right. That's true. That's true. So uh, getting back to what we were what we we're gonna try to talk about as far as the algorithms and, and things like that and failure, um, trying new things, it kind of ties back actually what I want to speak about in regards to social media. So one of the things that I always say, I like being in rooms where I don't necessarily always agree with the people I'm speaking with because that's where you get the growth at, right? You get to understand different walks of life and different uh, bubbles in which people live in. So what, I don't know if you guys are aware of like how the algorithm treats us or how we build our own algorithms by what we like and what we interact with. Um, you guys actively try to um, participate with different things outside of your normal algorithm or you kind of just work with your own like same, same friend group i try to like that one like different stuff that i might not be used to like if it if i catch my attention and i'm like oh that was actually pretty cool or whatever and i get psyched to dive deeper into it like at first i wasn't reading books but then my parents and friends started giving me books that fit me or that related to like my liking so then it, one book turned to more books and then as far as like same thing with podcasts I was in, I never heard, listen to podcasts. We, and then I started making my own podcast and I started listening to other podcasts. It was like, okay, this is something I like. So I'm, I have no problem like reaching out and like experiencing new things. Cause like, why not? Cause you never know if you like it or not, unless you give that a try. Right. Yeah. And I, I agree. I'm, I'm the same way. So like I always tell Lamar and other friends that I kind of live my life where my people I interact with, I would love to start a business that was 100% all my friends. And we all had different um, careers and different hobbies and you know, different things that they brought to the business, like maybe marketing or you know, finance or just any other skill that they had. And um, the reason I, I would like that because it would be easy to, uh, for me to learn different parts and make me myself a more rounded person. So, that's one way like I switched to my algorithm. And I also have a friend that uh, we've been friends since like middle school and me and her have super different political views. Like, as we got older, we realized we just did not see eye to eye and we're still good friends. Like she'll send me articles to read about what she thinks and then we'll have a conversation about it and 
I think the biggest thing is that we've agreed to disagree on things. Mm-hmm. But What's the biggest disagreement you guys have from a, a political standpoint. Um abortion. The abortion, the abortion thing that just happened. Um and then even before that, it was just it was like a weekly thing when what was going on with the um with the election and like conspiracy theories. Huh? What did you say? How do you guys feel about the abortion bill, especially with you guys being in Texas? Say so, uh, what? How do you guys feel about the abortion uh, law? Uh, how I look at it, honestly, is like I, I'm like I'm on like the women's side of like a man shouldn't have a right to a woman's body type of thing. Cause like I, I wouldn't know how I feel if I was an if I was a woman and like I didn't have no choice, like I have no right over it, whatever. So. Like, I feel like I can control something like that because it's not affecting me. Yeah. I I say that um, a woman should be able to do whatever she wants with yeah. her. Um, and that... Because uh, you never know, like, if, you know, something might happen, you know, there's different ways that, you know, a woman can get pregnant and they might not all be the ideal way. And then, you know, you have a kid that grows up and he's, you know, looked down upon or he, uh, he or she um, is just not loved by the family. And now they're living a life that they necessarily didn't ask for. And now they're depressed. They're going through things that, not saying they shouldn't be alive at all. But, more trauma. Yeah. So, so the uh, devil's advocate, I agree with you guys. I agree women have an uh, option to choose. Um, the one thing where it gets sketchy is like men rights or the, because it takes more than one person to make a baby. We're not talking about like things that come from assault or like the most unsuitable un- un- uh, situation. But let's say, for instance, as a man, you want the child, but the woman doesn't. We have no say over it. Um, and then also, let's say you don't want the child as a man and the woman just wants to that. keep it. Now you're financially obligated to, to, uh, for that part. That's where I think the evolution in the conversation needs to kind of play itself out with. Um, now, making making abortions illegal, I don't agree with that. Not just like the most extreme situations, but just everyday situations in which a person has a controlling autonomy over their body. Yeah. I think the relationship between men and women or the potential mothers and fathers, I think that part of it gets a little dicey. And I think men, we need more say so as far as like um, what happens in our rights. But it's only so much you can do because the woman has to pay the child, not the man. Yeah. I feel like with that, though, like, you just have to have those conversations and, like, actually sit down and discuss it. Don't just be like, close your ears and, like, nah, this, I don't want to have this kid or I, I want this kid and go, that's it, that's final. Like, I feel like you just have to be two adults and actually have that conversation and, like, put everything you on the table. Yeah. You just said it's done. Yeah, said it's done, but. You just said done. I, I don't have any children. I had a girlfriend pregnant. I thought this girl was going to be my wife. That's why I was moving the way I was. She ended up having an abortion against my wishes. I begged, I pleaded, did everything I could from my, um, from my point of view and my end. Uh, but when it's all said and done, I could not, I can't make her have the baby. So even with all that, even, even having experienced something like that, I still believe in a woman's right to make her choice. I just feel it's, it's, it's really unfair as a man that we have to, you know, endure such situations where we have no autonomy in that situation. But I don't even know from a, not just to even say from a judicial standpoint, um, it's only so much you can do within law. 
But between two people, that's where you have to have that's where you have to have someone who can go and if I if we if we had a better situation. Because uh, I mean we were we were together, but she got cold feet and it just it transpired it transpired the way it did. But even with all that being said, she she deserved the right to make the choice. And, as, and you know, as a man, we got to live with it. No, 100%. Dang, that is kind of like, that's it's just, a, that's just a tough subject too. Like, because like you said, like, it's the woman's body, but, and then it, it could be the man wanting a child. Like, it's a lot. And then like you said, it's easier said than done. But. I told her, I told her, you know what I told her? I said, uh, I said, look, we don't have to be together. Um, you don't have to be in the child's life. Have the child found the right over to me. That's your option. Yeah, she still has the best. Yeah. I mean, as, as a man, there's nothing, there's no, there's no much, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. But women yeah. still have the right to do. I think they still have the right to do. Yeah, I agree. I think ideally they, they, they should have, you know, the right to choose. Like I said, it's their body. And like I said, they, they're the ones that have the better child. Right. Yeah. So you're, with your friend that you go back and forth with, as far as like the political statements and things like that, yeah. do you find you guys find yourself doing that as well on social media, or do you, have you basically cultivated the algorithm in which everybody kind of? Um, we we've kind of done it ourselves. Um, you know, she like say she'll send me things to read, and then we'll kind of go back and forth with it. You know, we've got mad at each other. Well, she gets mad at me a lot, and I'm just like, look, I'm just giving my point of view. And no, I'm not. I'm not gonna sit here and you know just agree with you. I'm gonna tell you how. Oh, uh, is she? Is, was she a former Trump reporter? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so like I said, and I was like, look, we can. Um, there's things that I agree with on your side, and there's things that I disagree with on your side. Like, not um, if you ask me, both parties are you know are, are ill, <laughs> and um, and in, in in some ways. Now, not every party is 100 percent you know correct. There's some things on both sides that people can agree with, disagree with. Um, so, yeah, so it it, it gets touchy sometimes. But at the end of the day, I'm gonna say how I feel about it. Yeah, I'm 100 percent okay with agreeing to disagree. Like I know I'm not always right. I know everything I think is always right because everybody has their own mind and their own thoughts, you know, thought processes, and what they believe in, what they don't believe in. So I'm not gonna knock for somebody for believe in some, something supporting something that I don't agree or support with. What's the most heated what's the most heated argument that you find that you ever find yourself on in social media? Whether it's a comment thread or back and forth on the post or that's a good one. Honestly I'm I don't really talk a lot on social media. I don't observe it, but I don't really comment much on social media because a lot of people are very sensitive and I'm very outspoken. And I just okay. I just I just don't like to no Twitter fingers because it's like for what I mean we we can have a conversation but yeah I'm, I'm not really one to talk a lot on social media but I'm trying to, Mark do you have one because I'm trying to think of something that I actually went back and forth Twitter go crazy like I don't go back and forth on it but I see a lot of like um men cheat more than women or it uh, relationships don't last last because of the men but it's a lot. It's like most of it is more so like relationship. Yeah, it's more like relationship type of things actually on social media. But like when you dive into it, like you can't if you speak your mind on it on social media, 
you have a whole like network of women ready to comment and bash you like for your thoughts, but they only think like maybe I am the problem or maybe he is right type of thing. But yeah, I, I'm ten. I see a lot on social media as far as relationships. I I found myself in the fire, and this it was completely <laughs> random. But I think there's a it was a perfect form of events for like I guess that I have time today type of moment. So I was on um I was on YouTube, and I found and I ran into this page because I was doing research for for a guest. Um, he was a part of like the Red Pill community, and you how you guys aware with the Red Pill community? Yeah. Okay. Like so the Red Pill book, book, right? Say it again. So you're talking about like the Red Pill Blue Pill? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like guys, like I think it's called uh, Men Going Their Own Way or Save Yourself Black Men. It's like this whole like it's basically a, a group of men or incels or whatever label you're gonna put on them. As far as like they have their um, they have problems with the relationships and marriage or, you know, uh, the, the, the mindset of women in America. Okay. So, so I was doing research on that. And what I like to do is I like to try to find opposing views that would support the things that make these, that triggers these men in this, in this red pill community. And I stumbled upon this page. Um, it was, it was black women trying to encourage black women to date us outside of black men. And I don't, the thing, the thing that I found problematic, is, you know what, the whole argument started with a compliment that I gave to a black woman. I started with a compliment because I, what I noticed as soon as I started looking through comments on this particular post, it was just a girl, like a photo shoot, and she was just a beautiful, dark chocolate girl, like she's a little bit of girl. Yes, Activist. I just made a comment. I just made a comment. I said, "Hey, you're uh, you're very lovely um, and you're very beautiful." I said, "Is that okay here? Because I don't see a lot of men in this in this on this page in this comment thread." And then um, I guess what happens is all it takes is one sensitive person to misinterpret what you said. It's kind of like a text message. And then the next thing I know, I'm being attacked as a black man for being on a black woman's page in support of, uh, or they thought I was in not in support of like women having happiness. And I said, I, it, it turned into a conversation in which I said, look, if you have a page solely dedicated to, uh, it's a propaganda page in which you're talking about black women finding better lives and being treated the way they're supposed to be um, with men of non-men of color. And I said, look, if you are promoting happiness, I can get behind that. If you're promoting love, I can get behind that. But you're not promoting that. You're promoting um, negative stereotypes within the black men that you have chosen. And you're putting out that, you're putting you're putting that, you're putting out that out in the ethos, and people are are taking that in. You bet you found an echo chamber of people that agree with what you're saying. And and there is just like this, um, this like the red pill community kind of turned into the he-man woman hate club. <laughs> it turned into a situation in which uh, like a group of black women that have been wronged by black men or they've chosen the wrong type of black men. So they just say all black men are trash and you can go get treated like the queen that you are by having to find a nice white man, Asian man and stuff like that. I said, you're not promoting love. You're not promoting healthy relationships. You're just promoting your hatred of black men. And that's the difference. Yeah. First yeah, of all, that's another yeah, that is unfortunate for them. But second of all, <laughs> but second of all, always I've always said that I thought that was a, 
like a mental illness. I, I view that as a mental illness, not even when it talks about black men, but you see it a lot of social media now where girls are like getting together and saying all, all men are trash and all men do this and all men do that. And I'm like, that's actually like a mental illness. Like you've been hurt so bad by men that you see not one, two or three men, but the whole half of the world as <laughs> you see the whole half of the world as not like below your standards based on like two, three men that you probably met like at some college university that you know what I mean? Like something like based that. Based off her intuition of picking that man, like her wrong choice type of thing. Yeah, like so I, 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 I mean, the that. same way. I had to check how many guys have you had? Have you ever you guys have friends, uh, male friends that only date white women? Yeah. <laughs> do they give a reason why they do it? Nah. And if it, if it ever starts with because white girls treat you better or black girls got more attitude and they start really, like rambling off all these different stereotypes, they're not in it for love. They just in they're in their relationship with that chosen preference because they, they have hatred for black women. Yeah. No, I mean yeah, I agree. Yeah. But you see that though, like as though like black women or just women in general, they go for different ethnicities, but then when the black man go pops out with somebody else that's not a black woman, we kind of get attacked for it. But then you be like, but you just posted yourself in a relationship with someone that's not the same skin tone as you. And it's like, we're the problem that type of thing. The double standards. Yeah, the double standards. Like, we, we both sides have double standards. And, and that's where it becomes, well, it depends on your mood at the day. Because for me, some days it's fun. And then other days it's like, oh, here we go again with this. And it, it really is, it's like, I enjoy the, experience because of the um, the psychological games in which people play with themselves or others based on you know different things that have happened to them. Um, the same thing like where where what do you guys think about the female culture in which uh, all their philosophies are coming from the female rappers in which they just want to have men that they connect for money. I feel like that's they telling these women the wrong thing. They got them thinking they need a man <laughs> send a bag on them and I'm like no. <laughs> Like, you stop listening to that. You need to stop listening to that stuff. I agree, but also, there's this double standards, though, because when you look right. at men rappers. But you got Future and the Natal and stuff. Oh, man, it's the same thing. <laughs> you like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like a four, but. So, go wait. ahead. No, go ahead. I wasn't going to say anything. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying that basically, so the reason why I brought that up is because whatever, one thing that I found with the internet, whatever feeling that you have, you can find a zoom that echoes the same thing. And that's where you have to understand emotional intelligence, if you have some, and then your own personal accountability. For a lot of people that run into these extremist groups, I call them extremist groups, uh, whether it's a future hive, uh, uh, very toxic women hive and stuff like that, or they're applauding women for getting a guy and finessing them for different things or scamming them or whatever reason or all these guys that run to these situations in which they um they they have all these different women to validate their manhood, they're, they're you're best gonna find a person that's shallow inside, that's empty inside and they're searching for something, but they 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 beat their chest really loud and proud, trying to um trying to mask that very insecure person that lies within within them. Yeah. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I just feel like with that when it comes to like double standards, I just feel like as a person you gotta be bigger than that. Like be able to see both sides of it. Don't be like, yeah, um, like the guy should always pay for a date. 
Cause like why? Like he's the guy he's supposed oh, to be. Oh, type of thing. Wow. I feel like as like we gotta be growing mature and be like, no, that's not. So it's always supposed to be like that. Like sometimes I should pay, or sometimes we should like split it type of thing. I feel like once you grow up and become mature, it's like you start leaving those double standards behind in a okay. sense. How, how many days before you trying to get a girl to split a date? <laughs> I say probably like. How many dates before you guys ask for the woman? Me personally, me personally, I might joke around and like see if you paying for the first one, to be honest. I'm gonna joke around. See, I'm gonna see, oh, I'm gonna, it's, look, it's, a, it's a joke unless unless, unless you do unless you go do it. But no, I have no problem paying for the first date. Like I guess like you said, like it's a double standard, like man, the man is supposed to pay for the date. So I guess that kind of it falls into my head too, like, yeah, I am the guy, so I should pay, I should be romantic or a gentleman and pay for this. So I have no problem paying for the first Let me ask you this before I get to the follow-up question. You guys have friends that are in the LGBT community? Yeah. So have you found in same-sex relationships that they they don't have necessarily the same power struggles that women, men and women have? I almost never, never thought about it. Honestly, no. <laughs> like now, you think about it, you never. I never really thought of like how, like their relationships go as far as like dates and just. I guess the arguments and stuff like that. I won't. I never thought about that. I feel like it would be worse though. It's well for my my from my experience of listening to different people and then like I have family members that will talk about certain scenarios. It's only so much in conversation. They more detail with me because I'm straight. And certain aspects of relationships, is like, all right, that's so much for me. But um, what I what I realize in like looking at the patterns and how quick they are able to make decisions, where men and women have this power struggle, especially early on, um, it's not necessarily the same for them. And then they have a they have a way of holding each other accountable. Accountable. Uh, that's a lot. I find it's a lot more efficient than men and women um, seem to have. For instance. Um, Access to sex or weaponizing sex to to make formulate control. Men and women have more of a struggle with that because there's always a battle for the upper hand. Um, and the, whereas what I found the same situation, there's no they understand their own sex drive and they and they know the other person wants to just as much as they do, so they don't necessarily have that problem. Whereas it seems like men and women have that problem all the time. Um, or, or like a woman would weaponize it because they want a man to do certain things um, for, for different levels of access. Whereas people in the same specialist, they don't, they come in getting with their VIP card. They don't have to wait in line. So what <laughs> you saying, what you bringing that up, let me ask you how you feel about like the whole like 90 day rule type of thing. I understand. Um, it, it, go, it goes back to good intentions versus good results. A lot of things that have good intentions don't yield the best results. If you were, if, let's say, for instance, if you, if you were talking to someone and you did, you were unaware that they had a 90-day rule and you weren't pressing it professionally you were trying to get to know them, the idea of the 90 days or the power over your head of uh, I need to get to the next level of the, so I can get that access, it wouldn't be a problem for you. But the challenge comes in is if, we, if you realize you're talking to somebody that has a 90-day rule, they are basically giving you a, a three-month version date of them 
of uh, basically show me show, you need to earn it. And now you're jumping through hoops and you're the you're the dog at the at the dog show. Maybe worth it. <laughs> it's never gonna I don't think it's gonna be worth it. I don't think it's gonna be worth it because the, the same way, like I can equate it to the a lot of things where a lot of weapons in, in, in um human history have been formulated, the weapon wasn't wasn't made for violence, it was made for protection. So you, that where that's when you talk about intention versus result. Yeah. That's why I don't like putting timestamps on things because everything is so subjective to you or whatever situation you're in. Because who says 90 days is going to be, you know, what that person needs to see if you're worth it or worth their time? Like, what if it's two weeks for some people? Like, how, how are you going to know? I feel like it should be natural, like, situation. You don't, you shouldn't need timestamps unless that's just how you are. You just have like a mental block where you need to have like time stamps like so you feel better by yourself. But for me, fuck things should be should be natural. And if that's you know how you're feeling in this situation for something to happen, then it should happen. You shouldn't have to say, oh no, uh, you know, because then like you said, you're that person's jumping through hoops and being a dog for something that they're gonna get at the end of the day, maybe they make it that far. And then those ex- expectations are so high. What if those expectations were way too high? And now when they actually get past that that threshold, they're like, eh, I'm good. <laughs> and, then, right. and then the person that had the 90 day rule, they basically have the ambition to say, um, that's why I should have, I made you wait or that's yeah, why I aren't this. Oh. And you know, basically it, it, it gives them the battery or another, um, it gives them another song point or some, launch point for that, that, for that negative stereotype of guys are only want one thing and stuff like that. Yeah. Let, let me ask you this. Um, if if you meet a girl and let's say you smash her on the first night, are you still able to uh, respect her or look at her as a future partner going forward? Because that's the one thing that I have a lot of women ask me. Like, like you said, like you can't yes. put a time step on and say, yeah, the respect gonna be there. The only time the respect respect's not gonna be there if you like or not as like if you don't hold yourself to a standard. Like if we were to do it on the first night versus the Oh, 90 days, it just depends on how your character is type of thing. Like, I don't care if we did it the first night or the 90 days. I'm still going to look at you the same based off your actions type of thing. Yeah, because not, not that we did it the, on, a, on whatever certain time. Yeah, I agree because how do you know somebody's 90 days is somebody else's one day? Like, I feel like it's so subjective. You know, one person can, can know. You never know. Like, one, one person can know this is my person. I don't believe in love at first sight, but what if it was a, you know, a, a strong connection at, at first interaction or something like that? You know, whereas somebody that needs 90 days, um, somebody might, somebody else might know one or two or however long it takes. I just think it's really subjective and I don't think, I don't believe in those, those type of, those type of things. Have you, have you, have you ever asked your father, um, when did you know my mom was the one? I never asked, but like my parents been together like since they were young. So like I feel like you can kind of see like you've been with this person this long and like y'all still haven't kind of like be like swayed away from each other. Cause like I know my dad like went off like to work and like and like they still were together and stuff like that. So I feel like I didn't really have to ask. I see it. I see it within their relationship, growing up around it, I see it type of thing. Yeah, I don't know shit. Probably when I came out, that's what you know, I'm playing. <laughs> 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 I 
the reason why I ask is because usually when when I see women, uh, I'm sorry, when I see men talk about finding their wife, they the majority of them say they knew very early on. They knew, but they maybe didn't propose. It took some people it took three months, some people it took six months, some people it took a couple of years, but they knew very much. Else. They knew early on that they were looking at white their wife. Nah, that's I, the reason why I asked. And I, if I had a lot of women <laughs> asking that, but I, but I wanted to have other men speaking. Yeah, I, I wouldn't know, like unless I was somewhere in the islands. I know that's my wife. If I meet someone, I know that's my wife. Island? In the islands, yeah. Oh, he told you what island, Rikers Island. That's where you can find your wife. <laughs> uh, if I meet her somewhere in, a, in those little travel sites, yeah, that's my wife. But realistically, like, I would honestly, I, if I was in a relationship with someone or like dating, talking, I wouldn't just know. Like, I feel like I probably, I wouldn't put a time step on it, but it would be longer for me. Like, no, my, no, she was my wife so, or not. So, my theory on the 90 days. They rule. I think it was cultivated with a person or a person or a group of women or maybe men. Um, I would say more so women, right? It, that basically say, I'm going to turn a guy out and I'm going to control him to be a sex. And it's making them put their put their self in a position where they have to show different parts of themselves and also identify different parts of their potential mate outside of sex. And that's where I think that 90-day rule is cultivated from. Because if you're talking about a 90-day rule, if you, I don't know if you guys, like, if you're talking about it from a religious standpoint, cultivation there. But if you're talking about, okay, we're not going to go by that, the 90-day rule is best to say, I'm going to give you some, I'm just going to make sure I know who I'm dealing with first. And that's essentially where it's supposed to be. But it, And like everything else in human nature, we turn it into something that is not, it was not originally supposed to be. Yeah, facts. It's like the, uh, have y'all seen the movie uh, Two Can Play That Game? Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, she's she has this, like, manual, pretty much, to try to control this man, and she feels like she can pull any string she wants in any situation, and a certain outcome will happen, and it's not like that. In the movie, obviously, it didn't work out. I mean, it worked out in the end. But the whole her whole process did not work out. I mean, it turned to where he had the upper hand, and he had his manual, and then it just wasn't working out. But that's, that's the movie with Morris Chestnut, right? What happened? That's the movie with Morris Chestnut, right? Yep, yep. yep. Okay, so even then, even then, like so that goes back to what I was with, uh, with Lamar was saying about the ninety day rule. Um, when I was saying like, if you know there's a ninety day rule, at now you're get activation from a competitive standpoint, in which you're trying to beat the quote unquote ninety day rule. With her and that philosophy in the game, the game was working until he ran into a guy and he sought advice from a guy that knew the game and gave him counterplays to her game. Therefore, it turned into a competition versus a, I'm dealing with you as a human being. Yep. And that's 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 what I was saying with the 90 day rule. If you know there's a 90 day rule, now it's not about knowing a person and knowing the uh, knowing what you're trying to get yourself into and how you're trying to deal with that relationship. You're talking about a uh, competition of what I'm going to get from the 90 day rule. Uh, or how I'm going to beat your system. You're not talking about what we're so what it was established for. Yeah, and then you have you know guys that like you said understand the game and they're they're going against that and they have the upper hand. And then yes, when you know you have the other side saying all men are trash and <laughs> all men are this and that. And then that's that's where I feel like it, it comes from. Um, hey, wait, that goes to show like 
all guys or even all the uh, females out there, like just share the game with your friends. Like then, boom, you're not you're not in the, on the bad side of it. Like just share the game with your friends, and then you might be helping them fight the battle against the guy or fight the battle against the girl type of thing. But that, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I would say like that goes to like the thing where we talked about. We brought up before too in our previous podcast, like as far as like marriage, like you will see people get married straight out of high school or straight out of college or later down the line in their life. But like, you never know when someone's ready or the one for you to be married to. You never will know when you should marry that person or something like that. So it all goes like hand to hand, like kind of with the 90 day rule. I mean, as far as, as far as it goes for me, I've had, um, they, I had sex on a first date and I ended up being with the girl. And I wanted to get married, but it's just kind of like, without revealing too much, basically the same thing that brought together the same thing that brought together as far as our family go. But also had women that um that I waited weeks for and it's like I don't I really didn't like you there. I didn't like you before the sex and I didn't like you after the sex. So it's just like I I just don't like you. Or we just don't connect. And sometimes you 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 sex can buy people time. And that's that's but it doesn't seem to it and that one thing I, I think I said on one of my shows, there's a difference for men and women don't seem to understand this um, as far as them becoming competitive on, I guess, whatever you want to say the market is. There's a difference in a man that wants to date you versus a man that wants to marry. So explain that. What would you, how, like, how would you like view the difference there? That's the nicest way of saying there's a difference of a man that wants to date with you and there's a man that, that wants to keep you as a wife. Oh, okay, okay. Because you said date and then marriage, I feel like, I was like, what is, what is dating to you? It's just I'm. It's basically a trial run period in which we're gonna have sex and do things together that resemble a relationship that we both know or somebody one of the people know that it has an expiration date. So, like for me personally, like I would say dating is like a trial to see if she's gonna let me have sex with her or not. I would say dating is more so. <laughs> like if we, I'm being honest, like I would say dating is just. I like days more so like for me to see if this is the person I can see myself with or if I should like give her my energy type of thing. Like this, I guess like for every guy, sex is going to be in the equation, but I'm not, okay, just because she let me have sex with her doesn't mean I'm a dater or I'm a seek marriage. I'm, I'm thinking deeper, like how you, th- how you, how you communicate, how you are around your family, how you are with your friends, how you, how you get through your problems, how you deal with, just how, how you deal with life type of thing. That's why I'm dating you, casually dating you see type of stuff. But do you think you can like date and not be in an actual relationship? I guess, I guess like with, with our age, like most of the time you date someone you never you haven't put no label on it yet. Like y'all basically doing relationship things, but it's no label. Y'all not. Does she know that? <laughs> it's the type, the type of guy I am. She like I try. I'll be. Friend, I'm a friend. I'm tell you what. You, whatever you ask me, I'm tell you the truth. I have no reason to lie to you. I really tell you the truth at the beginning. And if you stay, then boom, we good. If, that was a true activist. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying though, like if you if, if you if you be real from the like if you be real from the drunk, they respect it. Either they're gonna stay and boom, y'all move forward, or they're gonna leave. And where I need you know, it's, it's no it's no bad blood. Like <laughs> no, it's always gonna be bad blood. It's just a matter of what a person can say in court at that point in time, <laughs> in the court of public opinion. I was like, you, you, can definitely, you can definitely tell a person, listen, I don't want to be in a relationship. 
and and that whether it's game or you actually meant what you said, that other person is gonna maybe agree or they maybe say because they're trying to either change you or they have an understanding or they're in the same place with you. Now, the more, more time you spend with each other and, and you add sex on top of it, that there's that soul side, that emotional connection, it modifies something for somebody and that's where the wires get caught. And that's when you just have that conversation like, okay, we're doing this, we're having sex or, and we're, or we're hanging out more. Like, do you, like, how do you see this going? Or like, I feel, if the person, like, if it's you the guy. Did you that or do you have women to ask you? I'm saying like, just generally. I'll just say it generally, like, because you never know. You never know. Like, if the person, like, if someone gets in too deep, they're going to they're gonna bring up that question. They're going to bring it up. And they're like, okay, I want more than this. That, I want more of this question. You're going to come up. It's like, so it's just, you got to have, have that conversation so you're not left in the dark or just wondering, like, if this person is feeling the same way I'm feeling type of thing. It does build insecurity. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, you got to have the communication. Communication so how, how, so how long do you need Jimmy to understand? Uh, I guess I'm gonna direct this towards Lamar. How how long of a how much time do you need to date a girl to say either I'm gonna look at this as a long term investment or this is just something for the So me personally, I'm kind of I'm kind of simp. I guess if I'm if I'm really feeling someone, I'm I'm simping. So like, yes, sir. <laughs> he is pimping, not. <laughs> he is simping, not pimping. Like if I'm really feeling someone, then I'm kind of like simping. Like, okay, I'm ready to cut off everybody I'm talking to. I'm only want to hang out with this person so I get to know her more. And that's kind of like my downfall too sometimes because like I might be like thinking, okay, this might be the one for me, or I'm really feeling this girl. But then like you really don't know because you don't know how they feeling. So it's like either you doing. You put in too much effort or you might fall back and put in too less effort and so you really don't know but i would say i'd probably say it take a couple either a couple days or a couple weeks because like it just depends how much we hang out within that time span how much i like I, so i'm capable of getting to know you type of thing like it goes always going on hanging out and like communicating i want to so when you guys you said simple right I, when I listened to that second episode in which you guys were talking about pimping and simping, I was so confused about the terminology in which I was classified as pimping and simping because I come from, I was born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and I was raised in the South. Milwaukee is very, very strong on pimp culture. So when I hear pimping, I don't think player, hey, player yeah, yeah. hockey, play the yeah. field. My pimping to me is like you getting money out of the, uh, you, you're finessing yeah. the entire interaction. And there is no feeling involved. Sipping, tricking is basically a trick. It's a person that's okay. paying for access, paying for attention that you wouldn't get otherwise unless you utilize these resources to have access to this person. But you say simping as a person that basically has emotion in the human experience in which they're trying to invest with one person. And so is that like, accurate? Kind of to a say, like, we, let's go ahead and break it down for them. So when we say simping, it's like, the dude is like overplaying his part, doing this in the third, but the female might might not be giving him the energy back or like playing him no mind. So say for instance, you shoot your shot at a girl and she tell you, I'm not interested, but you still keep trying and like she blowing you off and you still doing this and that, buying her flowers, sending her gifts, sending her money and stuff like that. Like, like 
So tricking kind of falls into that. But if you're doing all that extra stuff and like you and you know in your head that this girl don't want you and that you're not making no progress with her, you kind of simping. And then like on the pimping side of it, pimping, I guess, is more so like being a player. Lightly, lightly. Yeah, lightly. You're on like you're more so on the player side of it. Like you run a game, um, you just keeping it cool, nonchalant type of thing. Like it's 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 the kind of thing that you kind of know it. But also with it's kind of common. Go ahead, go ahead. I say also though with simping though is it's always looked at as the negative, but a man can be, I feel like a man could be, and I said this in an episode, I feel like a man can be in a happy relationship and he's doing what a man should do in a relationship. But if you see it from the outside, somebody might say he's simping, but I I personally think that it doesn't have to be a like a, a one-way street. I think it could be a mutual thing and you yeah. could like and you, you can still simp, you know. If you're if you're doing what you're doing as a man, or she's doing what she's doing as a woman, you're in a happy relationship. I feel like y'all could both be simps for each other, and it's not necessarily negative. So but it can be negative. Yeah, when it's mutual, yeah, when it's that's, mutual, it's more that's why I was saying the words kind of seem convoluted because if you're in a relationship, or if you're like basically when you're saying simping, like you're basically trying to get that girl's attention, or you're trying to get them to use the same, return the same energy which they're you're trying to give to them. If you get her and you're doing things in the course of a relationship, that's not simple. That's a man being a man. Whereas also, where the, uh, the part of you saying like the tipping side of things, that's not necessarily tipping. That's just you not having, um, that's basically you not having the courage to put yourself in a vulnerable position. And it just, and, and the power of words kind of make things sound either better or worse than what they are. But what we end up with is the person that we were talking about earlier that end up in these red pill, red pill communities or the uh, divergent communities in which they're saying all men are trash or this, that, you know, this, that, and other. Yeah. But that's that's what I was saying. It sounds convoluted and I wanted further clarification on it. Yeah. Because when you're talking about having a relationship, is if you're doing what a man's supposed to do in a relationship and a woman's doing what a woman's supposed to do as far as like showcasing the effort, it's not tricking if you, if you actually have the person. Yeah, yeah. I look at tricking as a person like well, she ain't selling high, but she still hitting her cash. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just for me, like to kind of summarize everything you said, I think that simping is a positive in a But once it turns into a negative, like and, and explain how Lamar explained it, that's when it turns yeah. into tricking. But then it's pimping. I don't necessarily think that somebody that's quote unquote pimping whatever is no not. Uh, wanting to put themselves in a vulnerable situation, maybe they just haven't met somebody that's allowing them, or they want to be vulnerable with, and they're just doing what they want to do. Okay, if that explains it best, because like, yeah, 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 a lot of people don't. When we, a lot of people didn't under understand that they're like, oh, pimping and simping. I never heard that before. Yeah, because honestly, if if I don't think it's pimping really, if you're if you're scared to put yourself in a vulnerable situation, there's there has to be another word for that, because I don't think that's pimping at all, like. Yeah, that's, well, that's what I was, I was saying. I think you, I think these two terms are making things kind of convoluted. I understand what you guys are saying, but I think that. But I was just trying to say how yeah. how convoluted they are as far as the meaning of things. There are power in words. Yeah, there are power in words and there's power in labels. It's kind of like when you speak things into existence. When you talk about affirmations, you say, "I am worthy of this. I am going to have this." When you speak into existence, a lot of people speak themselves out of situations as this just as much. As people that seek themselves into success. Yeah. Uh, let, let, let me ask you this. 
Um, how many times have you guys got in trouble for what you said on the podcast? I never got in trouble. Oh, you I, never had a girl press you? No. I was like, I speak my truth. I'm like, that's, what that's, what, that's what you mean by trouble. Oh, yeah. I'm single. I'm single. So, but like, we don't say nothing like crazy or off the wall. Like, it's not because I, I, I try to speak my truth. Like I said, I speak my truth. So, like, if you listen to the podcast, you will know this is something I would say or something I would do. It's not like I'm saying some stuff that's not me. And then you're like, no, that's not you, Lamar. Yeah, I mean, I will say we have a lot of female listeners, probably m- way more than than men listeners. I I think so, because um, well, at least that I feel like we have more women that that get feedback and and they, they kind of like text us and tell us how they feel by episode. So as far as listeners go, I don't know how that dynamic goes, male versus female. But I feel like we have more male people, I mean, female people that reach out. But as far as getting in trouble, it happens, man. It happens. We had a situation in which I got pressed. Uh, for something I said, I had a girl get, actually, I just had a guest get mad at me for the comments that she received on something that she said. Um, she was, uh, what, how can I explain? So basically, she was being very liberal with her sexual activity. And it's a, it was a bit much for me, but I, I'm protective of all my friends that I do consider her friends. So I didn't, I didn't, I didn't judge her on site. It's just like what uh what Larry was saying about his friend that he agrees to disagree with. Like you have your philosophy, I have mine. And I just simply asked her a follow-up question, and that's a part of the conversation in which I posted, in which I said, is uh how many bodies are too many, or what makes a side of thought, right? And <clears throat> I said, okay, so I one thing that I do find as a pet peeve of mine is when people don't never answer a question. Um, if especially if you give them a yes or no situation. Uh, scenario, right? So I said, okay, look, you're speaking in circle. How many is too many in the course of the week? Let's say, let's say you have you catch five bodies in a week. And she's like, huh, I think that's a good number. It's not too high, not too low. And that's the part of the conversation I posted. <laughs> Yo, she sent me a five-page letter in the text message saying she don't like the attention that you're getting on on the uh, post, I'm like, you said what you said. How can you and stand on it? Yeah, stand on it. Yeah, how can you how can you be that um how can you be that that uh, secure in what you're saying in your philosophy and standing in ten toes on it and then get mad at the the um at the response because you know you when you said it you know the average person doesn't walk around with that philosophy. I don't care if it's a man or a woman. Now, as guys, let me get y'all jammed up real quick. What's the most bodies you ever caught in the course of one week? Sheesh. <laughs> he, he heard it. He said he tried to get y'all jammed up. How many, how many days in a week? I'm going to set y'all pimping real quick. He's going to say, oh. He, how, many, <laughs> how, many, how many days in a week? He, he tried to catch this. We're going to do five for the business week and seven for the, uh, seven for the actual week. Ooh. I'm yeah. going to turn to that first, Larry. Yeah. Uh, Man. Y'all doing a lot of shifting right now, boy. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> I'm, I'm setting up my return episode when everything goes in shambles. Man, we're going to be transparent, man. He, like we said, all our episodes are different. We got to be transparent. I'll probably say a good zero, if we being honest. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <give> me, be- <laughs> we say zero. Yo. Yo, I need you to adopt that philosophy that's uh, hanging on the curtain behind you. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, he, he he really tried. He for real tried to get a jab. Though. I think he get way too active with that with that thing back there, bro. For sure. Now I'm living on the people that's activists. Now, nah, okay. Ooh. Ooh. I think where my water at? Oh, all my man needs to buy these smartphones. Like, we say earlier, we need we need a, a yes a yes and no it. Question. Yeah, he said yes or no question. He said no. All right, five. <laughs> have you ever caught five bodies in a week? No. 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 Five bodies. That's, that's one a day. And yeah. if you if you wall, you nah. Nah. Boom. There you got your answer right there. No. no. That's the answer right there. That's no, that's five. Huh? Four. You can't say all the numbers in the. Yeah, he can't say all the numbers. numbers. He can't say all the numbers in a week. You talk about it in a week. You can't say all the numbers. This is where y'all get viral right now. (laughs) Trying to get everybody listenership up. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, Um, I'm giving you another no. Yeah, that's that's a no for me too, man. That's 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 a lot of work. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot of work. Gotcha. What's the most? All right, let, let me broaden it out a little bit. What's the most you ever caught in one month? In one month? Yeah. <laughs> That's very broad. That's too broad. <laughs> <laughs> he go have people knocking on our door like, oh, for real. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I still need a yes or no question. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm, I'm I'm good saying yes. Your, your credit score is going down with the girl that you're talking to, boy. Like, really? That's your number? Like, that's really. Oh, you don't have right, my number. My number could be zero. It could be zero. It could be one. You know what I'm saying? Why are you working so hard when you said this? You know you're lying. You know you're lying. Like I said earlier, I played the fifth, sixth, and seventh. Ooh. Right, right. I see. I see. All right. I'm going to ask these questions. You asking like, come on, you relax. Oh, this is <laughs> relax. <one> for me. <laughs> this, this is my journalism side coming out. I press people a little bit, and, I, and it was funny. Is so we get to laugh while we're doing it too. Right. All right. So what's what's your what's your no number for a girl? Not on a body count in totality, like, but like, let's say for instance, let's say you meet a girl. She says she caught five bodies in one week. I'm gonna say uh, to the left, to the left. Oh, yeah. no, no, no. <clears throat> that's what so on vacation. All right, let me run down the scenario in which that could have happened. I'm just pulling this out. <clears throat> she had a, she broke up, she had a relationship on Sunday, had she smashed her person she was in a relationship with. But then he breaks up with her. They had breakup sex. The following day, she's hurt and she, um, she ended up talking to her ex. And she runs into the old fling and then they, they smash because she's in a very vulnerable place. I'm writing an episode of Insecure off the top of my head right now. <laughs> so Tuesday comes along. Tuesday comes along, she goes out with a friend and she and, and this is this is the uh, the sexually liberated um women or women empowerment friend that listens to City Girls, the next guy in the Cardi B on so she tells her, hey, let's go Taco Tuesday or something like that. They go get drinks. Um, they end up messing around with 
with uh with, with some guys they meet at the club. That what's that free body? Okay, she kills on Wednesday. <laughs> she kills on Wednesday. Boyfriend is interrupt. Um, he comes back around and she's trying to make things patch things up to get a relationship back. They smash again. Um, is that kind of another body or is that the same one? Uh, I ain't on cap, bro. You had me on Tuesday. She out of there. <laughs> right, right. But I'm saying. You think you yeah, know I, what I'm saying? Nah, I couldn't do it because oh god, she out of she was out of there on the second day of the week. She gone. I can't I can't deal with that. Yeah, because I'm not even doing it's a very vulnerable place. Look, yeah. listen, listen, let me get let me make it more let me make it more uh more personal. Uh we gotta give her a name now. Uh Susie Susie was hurt. She never Susie thought Ricky was gonna break up with her. And then she ran onto the sympathetic uh, uh show of Lamar. And no. then Larry came and met her and you ran into her on Taco Tuesday. Oh yeah. That's that's what what know Susie. Susie you know what's up? Yeah, she'll sound like the one for me. Oh y'all names came in now. I would mess really pressure you. <laughs> no, but look, honestly though, it's like mentally, like I don't think she like that's somebody that I would want to be with. Like, I don't want somebody that is can be that vulnerable and be and not be themselves. Because what's gonna happen when y'all get into a say, say say y'all get into a fight one day? She say, you know what? I'm going I'm going out with my girls. Now now in my head, I'm like, I know she I know she's capable of when she right. when she's vulnerable. So already like I say, as soon as you said she was vulnerable and she did something that she's not used to doing. That goes yep. against my trust. She out of there, and that right. that to spin it that brings up another thing. Like the same, like the same way you get her is the same way you lose her. So like, if I take this uh, guy's girl and they break up, and now she with me later down the line, the same thing happened to me type of thing. So like, as soon as it gets hard, yeah. So yeah, she out of there. All right, so I'm glad I'm glad y'all I'm glad we ran into this. So the thing that I was trying to talk to my friend about, I said, look. The reason why you should care about your body count or how many people that you allow inside you is just the same reason why men should care about their body count and the energy they spend. Now I'm not, I'm a I'm not even gonna get into the philosophical part of it as far as like the whole type uh side thing, but let's say let's say that girl Susie meets a guy that she wants to take serious. But she goes to a place and then you start running to multiple people in which she's had interactions with for sex conversation. And now the guy's looking at her like I have I like I got feelings for her and he's gonna protect her honor. But every time you turn around, he gotta deal with somebody that she used to deal with. That's gonna get very exhausting. Okay, with that though, so I was like I wouldn't say like there's a problem with however high your body count is or however low it is. The problem did come from like how cause like the time frame that it happened in. But like your past is your past. Like as long as you can, like do that stuff while you're with me or whatever. I'm like someone help with that. I just like, your past is your oh, past. I'm just saying, like, no, you, you can't you can't trip over somebody's past and like cause then that's gonna bring bring like um overthinking and like insecurities on your part. So if you gotta let their yeah. past be type of thing. Yes, if they oh, I'm sorry. I would say yes if they so, were like sleeping a lot of people in the within a week, then yeah, that's a problem. But if you look at it like she had a she slept she slept with twenty guys out of her whole life, she can be like thirty years old, thirty years old. So that's like twenty yeah. guys a year or something, like one guy each year, something like that. Like, you can't really put body count, especially with how long we've been alive, type of thing. Yeah. So I wasn't necessarily speaking more so towards the body count. Now, me personally, 
the body count isn't like I don't have a definitive number. Like if you go from seventeen to eighteen or seventeen to twenty-one, that's going to be a no speed dog. The thing for me is what you what you bring from those encounters, because the 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 thing about having all these interactions with different people as men and women, we learn different things about ourselves. We, we learn different things about other people, and then we also become desensitized to something that's supposed to be sacred. And then it, it becomes it's, so for some some people, sex means nothing because you have so much of it. And then with other people, it means so much because they don't allow so many partners inside them, or, or you know they don't they don't penetrate a lot of people. So there's that's where the psychological aspect of it goes to. Now in speaking, going back to the, the hypothetical situation which I was talking about, where, where like you went to a person's own work. It's not necessarily the insecurity of having the understanding of like who they've been with, because we've always, unless you run into a virgin, um, everybody has a person that had that they had somebody before you. So what I'm saying is, like, say you have a, a she messed with a guy that's like a real arrogant, pompous, obnoxious, and disrespectful. Now you have to put yourself in a position saying, uh, and and now you are in a in a conflict as a man. Nobody wants to do that two, two three times a year. Because of somebody that you, uh, your girl used to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, yeah, like you dating her, or y'all, like, y'all is in a serious relationship, and then you run into, like, an ex or something that's, like, you said, arrogant, overconfident stuff. And then, like, you feel, like, as a man, you feel obligated to, like, kind of to check it, like, like, nah, chill out. Like, we in a relationship, like, that was the past, that the past. Like, don't bring that to me. Cause, like, then it's like, you, you stand up for yourself too. Like you may be standing up for yeah. her, you stand up for yourself too. Like, nah, as a man, I can't let you do that in my face. Yeah, you can't that. let anybody violate your woman, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, so you got somebody that violates your woman or violates both of you at the same time by being one particular act. Like if the guy if I if I walk in the room and I know if you introduce me, that's your girl. And then I say something that's disrespectful, I'm trying to make a pass at her, and I know that who she's with and who she's standing by. That's that's disrespectful to both her and disrespectful to you. But going back to what you said, when you were joking, you're like, I'm just playing unless you're gonna do it. Mm-hmm. So for the girl, she might not be disrespectful because she might like how I got the confidence to try her in front of her dude or in the same space as her guy is in. That might work for her. But now as a man, now you gotta feel you have to understand like what you're gonna do as far as like you gonna fight for this, you're gonna check it. And now we got to square up, or, or how you how you gonna do it, or how you well, you know, now you gotta understand your conflict resolution at that point. Because that, that also problem. matters how she sees you. You gotta solve the number of No, to solve that problem, you find the right one that you know is not gonna go for that. Like she can be like, nah, what move? You see me with my man, or she's not gonna pay no mind. That's just mm-hmm. you going to picking the right woman. Yeah, I, man, that's that's a good one because I really be watching when you know you walk into a place with a girl, and guys are you know. Looking at her and you know trying to talk to her, I might not be looking like I'm looking, but I'm, I'm seeing how I see, you. I see you. I see you. That's that's I can I can feel that urge if I wasn't there. What you really would do if I wasn't there? You know what I'm saying? Like you walk into a place, you really want to talk to this guy, you really want to engage with these people, but you're not because I'm there. I, I can you can see that in the girl's face when y'all be going out and guys be you know giving that look and trying to talk to him. Right. How do you how do you guys feel about posting your significant other that's not um well that's not your wife? How do you guys feel on that? Say it again. Uh, posting your 
poking the person you're dealing with. Are y'all so y'all dating too though? Or y'all married? Hey man, you rubbed your hands and pulled the collar loose. What? Hey, no, I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I hit y'all with a couple questions. Made the knot. You get that get hot, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but no, I I do think I don't know, like as far as the time limit or just a feeling. What, what do you what do you mean? Uh, I guess what you want because everybody has different timestamps and or different, uh, I guess different areas of, of access that you have for the person to say, okay, this, he or she should be cool with me posting on my yeah. whatever. Yeah, as far as like them posting me, I honestly care less if they do or not. But as far as like, but I feel like it always happens. There's never a conversation, like a long conversation or a thought process. I feel like something happens when we're at an event or something, and we got some nice pictures, and we like, damn, it's time. <laughs> so, right. I, I, um, I, yeah, I, I never like had a long conversation, like, and we just kind of. Did just she kinda, tag you in it? Huh? Did she tag you in it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, how many girls hit your DM and say, "Oh, this your new girl"? Ah, he looked away again. But look, but if if we we if we at that stage, then my mind is already made up. Like that's that's what I'm gonna do. So whoever hitting me up and telling me that, look, you are, I don't care. I mean, it is what it is. Like, cause all that all that it's stuff. My, don't miss. At the end of the day, I'm just like, but whatever we had was dead. If she posted me, look, if she posted me, bro, it's like, all that's been dead. Like, your, your number been deleted, all of that. So you can say what you want to say. I don't care. Because, yeah, I would say, like, you I don't really like most people. Like, if we all out having fun, like, drinks and stuff, then, like, you see on a snap or whatever. But I don't never just be like, oh, yeah, this is my girl or whatever. But if we get to that point where we locked in and, like, everybody know, like, me and you together type of thing, yeah, you're going to oh, out on another day or day night or uh, with Bay or something like, something like that. But if we just casually dating or hanging out as friends, the only way you might get posted is if we're all out of the club or something having a good time. But I'm not going to just randomly post you type of thing. You guys have a conversation about when you guys become exclusive, or like, do people just, oh, this is such such, and you like, are we in trouble now? And it's like, oh yeah, I guess we are. Well, I can say when I was younger, yeah, like when I was younger, it's just more so like, oh, I guess it's like we doing all this. I guess we are together, honestly. So yeah, why not be my girlfriend? Or I'll have girls be like, so are you going to ask me officially or whatever? And then I'm like, okay, so do you want to be my girl? Oh yes, and then type of thing. But now that I'm older, it's like, okay, so where are we like, where are we going with this? Or I, yeah. I, I feel like I switched kind of roles where, like, okay, like I'm rocking, with, I'm feeling you, I like you. So like, what's up? Where do you see this going? Type of thing. Yeah, I feel like growing up, uh, it was more so like a, like a contract. Like you see, like you write, put this in writing, and then we in a relationship. <laughs> I feel like now, every relationship I've been in. Recently, more so, you know, we're just hanging out and doing stuff, and then you scratch, scratch, start scratching your head, and like, dang, so this what we doing, huh? (laughs) (laughs) How many have you guys ever found out about a person's past, or say they mess with a dude that you know? You compare yourself. Oh, let me let me establish this one. 
Do you guys compare yourself to your ex, your girl's exes? I compare myself, no man. I'm I'm better than everybody out there. Yeah, I mean, that's I what, I but you're comparing by saying you're better. I'm not. I'm, I don't care what he did. He, he <laughs> could have been in the NBA. I don't care. What I mean, what I mean by that, like this right here. If you know, if you look at her as you like, oh, you like Wayne. Okay. Comparing. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Now, that one. That one is like. <laughs> that one. We feel that. I, one. I, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. That like turns me off. Like if I'm looking at your past dudes, and I'm like, that's who you've been talking to. Then I'd be like, yeah, I don't know. This gonna work. Bro. I'm not trying to say I, that I, I, can't, I can't be another one. Like, let's say. Let's say she got one. She got one ex that's a scam. Scam artist. Uh, dope boy. And then the other guy, he's a Fortune 500 guy, but he's also. Like a like you like a well known DJ, you gonna look at you gonna look at her past and say half the questions, right? Yeah, but I'm right in between, so I'm good. <laughs> 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 I'm a good mix. <laughs> All right. So so with that being said, have a woman has a woman ever have oppressed you about some of your exes? Like oh, and you had fun, man. That was a weekend thing, you know. I was about to chase. Like, 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 like it's like in a negative way or like a positive way. Like, um, I don't know if it's gonna be necessarily negative or positive because I think what happens when if you find out because I'm I'm not a big I'm not a big on ever asking about who you've been with. I'm more so if I ever asked about previous relationships from a woman, I'm more so gathering understanding of how it ended, yeah. looking for red flags and how they move in a relationship, and then also what type of trauma they may have encountered back then so that they I may have to deal with. Yeah, I, I like to know. Like, it's not something I'm going to press about, but I like to know because I like to know the story. Like, I, li- I like to know the story of why, like, what brought you to this relationship? Like, what, what you've been through previously, who you've been through previously, what they look like. Like, not everybody, but I, I would like to know, but it's not something that I'm going to ask about in a relationship. But if you starts bringing, if it comes up in a conversation, I'm like, oh, like, tell me about it. Like, what happened? I think on the other side, of it, I don't think women really ask. They more so like, they'll throw out like little things like, oh, your ex didn't, don't cook for you. She didn't do this for you. She didn't do that for you. It's more so like a thing of to brag, to like talk down. Because like, yeah. I feel like they're more like, I guess secure, I guess in a sense of like, uh, I'm better than your last it's girl. Or, yeah, it's either it's either a stroke of the you, you put yourself in a position where um you can either stroke have your ego stroke or generate a new insecurity. Yeah, I feel like that's oh. still asking. no. I, I, said, sorry, I feel like that's still asking, like just like indirectly though. They're still asking because you're still gonna you're still gonna answer in this, in the same sense. They're just asking it in a way so they don't seem crazy. <laughs> I'm, I'm about I'm, I'm about to get you pressing here. How many times? <laughs> how many times have um, have you encountered a woman that brought something kinky from her ex to you, and you're like, "Yo, I don't do that." Never. Never. <laughs> you're a lucky man. <laughs> Never. Honestly, I don't know what you. I don't want to know what you and him was doing. I don't know none of that. No, it's not necessarily what she, is. she even say it. Is like the, the what happens is when you have certain experiences with other people. You, ne- I've had women tell me that they think all men like this because they were dealt with like maybe two men before me that like something that I don't mess with, and and they think they basically start uh, making me feel like I I'm too conservative, whereas I think she's dealing with two extreme like weirdos. 
Yeah. So that's where you get into the part of like, that's where the sexual interactions with people in the past comes into play at. Um, in different in different interactions. But it's just it's just as strong as if um she was in a physical physically abusive relationship versus or if somebody has been in a abusive um a verbally abusive relationship. They're gonna talk to you a certain way. They're gonna interact with you a certain way. Same thing happens when you talk about uh, different forms of intimacy. If they had um established established what they established as a norm, they now bring that to you. Yeah. I feel like, like you have to redefine it. Even outside of like sexual things like <clears throat> if they as far like expect you to pump their gas, just for example, like they expect you to pump their gas or his her ex did this or she did this with her ex. It just comes down to you to like being like sure what you want or what you want to do. Like like say yeah okay he did this or he allowed you to do this but I'm not going for that or I would yeah I would do that but I won't do this type. This is more so like how you carry yourself and what you're open to do. Like more so like I don't care if he did it or he let you do it. Like I'm I'm not I'm not going for it type of thing. Yeah. <clears throat> you're not gonna, you're not gonna peer pressure me. And doing something that like if you want if you want that and I'm not doing it, if that's not something that I do, I, I'm not talking about like pumping gas stuff like something like that. I'm talking about something like I'm just saying an example. Like, way, like easy yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Understand. It's something like way more, you know, something way more um, um, intense. I something guess something that's against against your personal personal preference. Yeah, 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 views, like, values, and morals. Like, okay, yeah. that's what you want. Then go back and be with him. That's right. Like. So let, let me let me ask you this: What is the defining trait, or what is something that you've seen in a woman to say she belongs to the street? Um, sneakiness. What like type can, of so, like the way she moves, like she she won't tell you the whole answer. Yeah, like you ask questions, she like beat around the bush a lot, or for what? Oh, like, like when I said, uh, how many bodies y'all caught in the week? Y'all said, sheesh. Anyway. Like that. like that. no, that's different. Anyway. That's different. That's different. <laughs> but, but, but honestly, yeah, though, like you can tell when they're hiding something. It's not, even if they're not, like, say I ask a question and they just don't want to answer it. Mm-hmm. To me, even if she's not hiding something, I'm like, so, but what? If it's not that serious, why can't you just tell me? Like, what's what's the problem? Right. Because in my mind, like, it takes me a long time to trust people. Yeah. Uh, Same with me. Yeah. So if if you're already not uh, allowing me to trust you based on just a small, simple thing that doesn't even matter, then how am how am I gonna trust you with you know essentially my life if that if we're gonna be together for the rest of our lives? So. Yeah. That's that's something what, I just what I like to do. I like to put people, I like to put people in pressure situations to see how they react. Um, and it's not necessarily playing games, but it's also um, it's the easiest way and the most efficient way to understand what type of person you're dealing with in in form when when because it's easy to be loving and um, be caring and be the perfect perfect partner when everything is working as it as it's supposed to. But in the thing that we call life, trials and tribulations are, you're never going to escape them. I don't care what tax bracket you live in, what part of the country you're in, or what part of the world that, that you're in. You're going to have some sort of trial, trial and tribulation that you have to encounter. And that's where the test of your character and also the test of your commitment to a person is. 
when things are moving in an ideal situation where you maybe not get enough time because someone's working on a passion or someone's supposed to the work or somebody's going through something, that's when you understand the type of person you're dealing with. Um, going back to the Taco Tuesday situation, <laughs> um, if you if you are able to have that much of an emotional swing with a person, that says a lot about um, what you would do in any given situation going forward. So like like the dovetail with Omar said, if you if you can get that emotional and have that many partners in such a short span of time, just all based or blamed on emotion, I don't think I can trust you through the board or I don't trust you in the situation of our, our you know our relationship or building building a relationship. Yeah, trust trust is a big thing for me. Honestly, I feel like I could be in a perfect relationship, perfect besides like if I can't trust you though, You're not going like that's that's a big thing. Yeah, not going yeah that, that's a big thing for me. Even even if like I said earlier, if they're, if they're maybe not hiding something and like, you know, since you didn't have my best interest, if I feel like I can't trust you because of that, like, because you're hiding stuff that doesn't even matter. Have you ever had a girl go through your phone? Yeah. Not go through your phone, like, looking for something. I'm like, like, a trust building exercise. Like, you talking to anybody? No. Uh, you talking to anybody? No. Uh, let me see your phone. Let's look at your phone. Yeah. You yeah. that? I don't know. Yeah, okay. Never fail. I never had nobody like looking through my phone because like I'm big on that like because like my mama didn't look at my phone like she was looking through my phone so I was like if my mama not checking my phone and I'm at this age now to the point where like if I was like when I hit a certain age like my parents wouldn't check my phone but once I get like well after that it's like okay my parents not checking my phone anymore why I'm letting somebody else check my phone or that's a woman you're not clapping you're not clapping your mama too <laughs> I'm just saying like. Listen, somebody got to represent the woman's viewpoint when you (laughs) when you have these conversations. That's why you got to have either a woman in here or you got to have somebody who's going to call it like like a woman would. I feel like it just I don't know. It's like I don't let nobody check my phone. Like why you need to check my phone when I can just tell you? You okay? So a woman will say to that to play devil's advocate. A woman will say to that, "Well, I'm not everybody else unless you're you're telling me I'm not everybody else." Yes, I'm saying I have no reason to lie. I'm be straightforward. Like you're not going to check my phone, make me feel like a little kid. Like nah. Okay, but say, but say you got like a. Okay, you might, you might, you might say that you don't, you don't check phones. I'm sure, Lamar. Uh-huh. I don't check phones. I don't. Okay, yeah, but say, Lamar, say that you had a, you were that's something that you did, and you had intuition that your girl was, you know, doing some stuff behind your back, and you asked to see her phone, and she didn't let you see her phone. How would you feel about that, though? Well, obviously, if I did with a person that checked phones and I asked her, that had intuition that she was doing something, that I asked her to phone, yeah, I'd be like, oh, she's cheating or something. Just because. Same, like, same thing. So, what if what if your girl had intuition and she wanted to check your phone, but she wouldn't let her? Yeah, I can see how she would feel about that, but yeah. I, just ask me. And well, well, well. Uh, I mean, that's a little bit different from the. I guess what I was trying to say as far as establishing trust, because I, I think like this: if you think something's going on, either you're going to create it or it's already happened. Yep. And and you know that's one thing that I that in my personal experience, and and, and um, both men and women, if you're looking for something, you're pretty much going to find it because they probably got sloppy where they really don't care at that point, and they kind of it's kind of, of a relief to get caught at that point. Unless they were just trying to, you know, they just got sloppy and didn't realize that, you know, that you got they got damned up. But that's that's kind of kind of what happens with when it comes to living in dope school, uh um I'm sorry, do um 
do a live or multiple or multiple lives and having all these different scenarios and connections. Um, <clears throat> I think one of the easiest things I've ever encountered with somebody, I think this has been a thing with both men and women, when a person takes their phone and puts it down so you don't see the notifications. That's the one. Yeah. That. You turn your phone on the table, don't you? And then you say, no, I'm just trying to make sure I'm focused on you and not the phone. No, but I swear, I just do that. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, if y'all turn your phones <laughs> over and say, you turn your phone over and you hear it vibrates or goes off, you're not chasing uh, who takes you or whatever because you, can, you can't see the name. But if it's turning mm-hmm. like up, facing up, and you see your phone go off, you go, oh, this is the group chat or this is such and such. I got to text them. Group back. chat. The group chat. <laughs> I, just, I don't know that just like creates no, I, I, it creates different like stuff no for i i feel like i do it naturally and like sometimes i'll you know be with somebody and i'll intentionally flip the screen up because i don't want them to feel that way but i feel like i just put it down naturally like that's just how i okay. that's just how i've always put my phone down but i feel like i have started to work on flipping it up just because people won't feel like that insecurity which, have you guys identified your most positive traits? Most positive traits? Positive traits. Oh, yeah, I'm not Shalom. Like, if I'm not, like, I, I can tell you. Like, oh, you don't care, so you don't get because you don't want to get hurt by the by feelings? I wouldn't say I necessarily, like, get hurt because, like, I'm kind of, like, logical and, like, in my head with things. So, like, I have no problem putting myself out there. And, like, if I get burned, I get, I'm not going to say burned because, like, we already, People think take it the other way, but if I get hurt, I get hurt. <laughs> look, look, let, let me let me that go rephrase that. If I get hurt, I get hurt. I'm just okay. It's a learning lesson. I move on to the next. But I may. <laughs> but like, if I but I, I guess I'm not trying to the point where I know I know how things can go. Cause of just past because of past experiences, but I'm not closed off to like giving someone a chance type of thing. Yeah, uh, me too. Uh, I don't know if nonchalant is the word I would use. Now, I, don't know, I'm nonchalant. I don't know what, but I don't know what other word I would use. Yeah, people people call me nonchalant too, but I just feel like when people, I feel like I explain it as like I feel like stuff happens sometimes, and it's like bullets just hit me, just bounce off. Like it happens, I'm like okay, and I just think about it to myself, like. I think about it to myself and I, you know, I gather my my thoughts, but I feel like I don't really, I'm not really one to get my feelings or like, you know, talk it out or something. It's like, okay, well, if that's how you feel about it, you know, that that's okay. Um, I feel like my other one would be, I feel like I have like a, like a one and done policy. Like if you mess up, that's it. I mean, I'm not really one to, to go back. How and, much of a, how much of a, Infraction, what how serious would the infraction have to be? Honestly, it could be as simple as just like you make me feel that I don't trust you. Like you could do something, you can do something very uh I don't want to say minor, but you can have an interaction that uh it doesn't have to be like as big as like cheating. But it 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 could honestly to me it could be like a feeling, and that feeling uh just just as much as it takes me like a long time to trust people it's very quick to me to see so if you if you did something once and i feel that way i already know you have that bone in your body to do it again and i don't think that i could trust you going forward so i feel like that's that's one 
a trait that for me that I feel like is you can be considered toxic, I guess. Yeah, I, I wouldn't know nah, because I wouldn't say one and done. Cheating, yes, one and done. But if it's something like smaller than that, then yeah, I agree. Like, I don't, I disagree but with women, that. But women accept cheaters from men so so much often, you know, much 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 more frequently, I guess, than men do. So why? why yeah, I agree that they accept that way more. It's just because like like it comes down to, like the emotional side of it. Like they already are emotionally invested in us. They like they gave us their body to us, so we're like. I don't want to just go myself to somebody else and add another body. So why would, so why would you cut a girl off just as easily for um, your if you were never the emotional investor? That's that's I mean that's how I feel. I mean it's it's my I'm not I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Yeah. I'm just I'm just basically what I like to do, I like to ask questions that, oh, yeah. that I know I mean, women I will want. I just, I just couldn't do it. Like you cheat on me, yeah. we no. I just, like like Lamar said, I feel like women get. Emotionally invested more. I'm not gonna say they're. I'm not gonna say they're emotional because men and women can be emotional. But mm-hmm. for like in relationships, I feel like they do tend to get more emotionally invested and uh, have those feelings. So they uh, when when stuff like that happens, they feel like they want to you know get back. And I feel like also, um, I feel like more so they uh, they're afraid to. Sometimes they can be more afraid to start over. Yeah, because that's, that's I know, bad. I know, I know that's it. very true. I know. Have, have you guys have you guys dated women with children? With what? Children? With children? I never dated someone with children. No. Is that uh, a hard no? Uh, so when I tell people like we, this conversation came up a lot with my friend groups. Me personally, I I can't really see myself dating someone with a child now because like I'm 22, like I shouldn't be raising somebody else's kid type of thing. But because like we young, so but as far as like if you 30. Or you already like kind of like past the college stage stuff like that. Ideally, you might bump to somebody with a kid, and you're already kind of grown enough and established to help take care of that kid, if or if you like if you needed to. But me being at a young age, I feel like it's not. I like I shouldn't have to take somebody. I shouldn't have to date someone or talk to someone that has a kid because I don't have a kid. But I that's just me not having a kid, so I couldn't understand. Like I was like I'm not. I don't have a kid, so I can't understand. Or put myself in your shoes of oh yeah, how would you feel if I was the one with the kid trying to get at you, and I can I just have to accept that you don't want to be with me because I have a kid type of thing. But I couldn't do it honestly. Not this. What about um, have I ever? No, but I've thought about this question a lot, and I since I haven't done it, I'm really not sure if I could or not. Um. Nobody ever planned on being a step parent. When when you thought about like like as children or teenagers, and you thought about you know being married and stuff, nobody ever thinks of creating their nuclear family with oh this is her son from a previous relationship yeah. or this is my daughter from a previous relationship or you know Taco Tuesday. And <laughs> I got my I got a, I got my wife and you know we just have this modern family. No one thinks of that of it that way. Like so in, in that sense. So say you were dating a girl, let's say like, I don't know, six months, right? To a year. Yeah. And you did not know she had kids because she didn't keep them around. And you, know, you feeling her, like y'all having a good relationship, then boom, she tell you, all right, I, I, I have kids or a kid. Oh, that's, oh, that's a law. That's a law. I need to hear if that. You, if I don't know you have kids, yeah. I don't need to see your kids. But if you hide children, that's a major infraction. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, if you hide it, and then you finally tell me, I couldn't do it. But if you kind of, if I already knew what I was getting into, maybe, like, if the vibes and everything good, and like maybe, like a hard maybe, then like we see how things go. But if you hide your kid from me, and then just I can't just hide your wife. Right. Yeah, what does she? What does she call that Drake line? I wouldn't hide in the world from my kid. I was hiding my kid from the world. Drake. <laughs> <laughs> my boy, bar for bar. <laughs> what if she hit you with that? <laughs> nah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go for it because I rather you like put. I rather you put everything out in the open so I know what I'm getting into. Okay. I've never seen a woman hide their child. I've seen. Yeah, that's right. I, I have. I have. Really. Yeah. Oh, that's, yo, that's, that's a social path. That's a social path, bro. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm gonna just say I have. <laughs> that boy get active, like, let's get active, Jay. Yeah. It's like you expect them to post their kids on social media. Like, you see all these other like single mothers post their kids all the time, and on Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram. Oh, and they would tell you about their kid, or like, I can't go out right now, or I can't hang out with you today because I gotta take care of my kid, or. My kid got school like yeah, it, the kid c- tends to come up. So if you hide your kid and then just throw up on me, throwing the kid on me out of nowhere, like this, ooh, yeah, it's, cra- it's crazy because uh, one because um, well, I don't think we we're at that stage yet where like looking back, I don't remember saying anything was that long of a stint that it really didn't matter to me, like, but. It's crazy because after the fact, I was thinking, I was like, you know what? <laughs> I missed it. Like, I missed all the clues. I literally missed all the clues. So, <laughs> nah, it was like, <laughs> nah, it was just like, I just feel like there was like something I was missing based on like when we were hanging out and stuff. and. I don't know. It was just like looking back. I just feel like okay, that then it makes sense. Yeah, you don't be on your I, like, but like, but like I said, it wasn't it wasn't that long of a stint. Mm-hmm. I wasn't my P's and Q's because I wasn't sitting for it. Nah, you weren't P's and Q's. How long was it before you found out? Honestly, we see that's the thing. Like, because I said no earlier because I haven't talked really dated a girl that had kids, but she, it was there like I don't know, maybe a couple months. Yeah, but like I, you gotta think about it though. I'm talking about like from our first interaction, like the first time I ever seen her to last time we talked. It was like I don't know, like two or three maybe. Nah. Yeah, all the all the women I know as mothers, they they always bring up their children unless they're like unless they're like ashamed of their child. Like everyone claims their child. Like yeah. when they bring up the kid, they let you know. Like I can't dedicate all my time to you. You have to respect that I have a child. So my ours time or whatever is gonna revolve around my child's time. Yeah. Yeah, we'll say she was a lot older, so her kids was also like almost grown. Yeah, cougar chaser. Oh. Yeah. So it wasn't it wasn't like a little kid though. <laughs> yeah. No, I've had that situation. I I think I was like maybe. 23, 24, and I ran into this, you know, I was like, maybe around the age, and um, I, I ended up talking to the girl, she was maybe mid-30s, and she had like a 12, 13-year-old, I'm like, 
what are we gonna do? I'm gonna be a big brother at that point. Like, <laughs> because, like I'm like what two two classes of uh, high school in front of him. Uh, yeah. He's never gonna call me dad, and I should never expect it. And that's yeah, it's just it was just weird. Yeah, like what's good, bro? <laughs> right. <laughs> we like the same cartoons. We like the same anime. Like we. It's just, yeah, I'm going to be a mentor or something. Like, yes, yeah, it's just weird. It's weird. And I'm not saying that's like to attack single mothers. Like, and honestly, the majority of my dating life has been single mothers. Um, but but there, the reason why I asked the question is because um, I want to hear what your guy, I want to hear your opinions on it as I say, you know, single mothers. It, it's something, you know, it goes back to like understanding problems, which will stand for, which is going to be a hard no. Sometimes we don't even know what each other is good at it. Yeah. So I have one last question before we end this. Cause like we right. kinda basically since we came more so on like body counts, children, and like um double standards, as far as like what are like three pillars that you would say that uh you search well it's not search for, but like if like communication, it could be a pillar. Um, if she's not into double standards, it's a pillar. Or like, if she's truthful, it's like give me like three to three to five pillars that you kind of live by when like your life and like choosing your spouse. Um, choosing my spouse, I would say for me, communication would be the first thing because I've only had one relationship in which we used to argue. I mean, when I say argue, I mean like yelling. And she got me out of my element. Um, they're in a relationship. There's going to be a scenario in which you have a disagreement because there's no two people are the same. But your power to communicate and your your emotional intelligence, and also her emotion, their emotional intelligence, will speak to how you find a resolution and going forward. And then also you have to. The, the one of the reasons why I've developed a pet peeve in which people don't answer questions directly is because I've, I've been in scenarios in which people say they're sorry, but they don't mean I'm sorry about what I did. They're sorry that you felt that way. You need clarification on what they mean because the, what happens to people that I found is we have a, a way of philosophy and you think everybody walks around with the same ideas and core values that we do and then you run into the person that doesn't. And that's where a conflict is uh, brought, brought into the point. But if you have the ability to communicate, also listen and receive uh, information, you can put it out on the table and understand how we can make this work going forward. Number two, um, <clears throat> where I'm looking for her strength in my weakness. Um, with that being said, I'm, I'm, like, say, for instance, I might be better with philosophy and understanding how to relate to people uh, where she might be better with um, maybe numbers investment that's for me that that's the that's the balance on both sides in which I can go handle uh, I can handle potential investors and talk and then she can handle numbers or vice versa and that's just hypothetical um, I look for a person's strength strength to be strong where I'm weak at it so I and also where I'm strong where she she's weak at that's the second thing. Number three, what uh, what do we want? Um, do our do, the things that we want do they match? Mm-hmm. And it really it really becomes that simple. Um, for instance, me doing this years ago, 
but and then also I, I also right now I, I'm single. I have a studio in my house. I record music in my house. Um, it's not because I want to be an artist myself. I don't want to be famous. I don't want to be. I don't want to be the limelight in that sense. However, <clears throat> it's a passion of mine. I, I enjoy expressing myself artistically. Now, if I if you if you ever have a partner and they don't support with what you do, it's going to be a hindrance to you because you have to make a decision. Do I put this thing down or do I? Pursue my passion, so that's that's where it becomes uh, problem problematic. And I can deal with somebody that doesn't support me as long as they don't get in my way. Um, so those those are the main three things for me. I agree with all of them, especially that last one. That's big. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like if I'm dealing with someone, I feel like you should be, and even even if you don't like what I'm passionate about or, or what I'm doing, you should still like try to like take interest in it a little bit because like I'm gonna support you. In anything you do, you can be the world's best juggler, and I'm gonna support you. I'm gonna be interested because in you're doing because like I'm interested, so I'm like what you do. Yeah. But like if I'm doing something and you not like giving me back that same energy or like supporting or being like behind me in my corner with it, it's gonna make me like feel kind of iffy about you. So yeah, I, that's a big mm-hmm. one too. And then like yeah. the communication. No, those were three really good ones, and I will say like on. To piggyback off of your uh, the last one you had, that you were talking about, um, I when you talk about like her supporting your your passions and everything, like I would say um, also some somebody that would um, not always like hinder towards my passions. Like I don't really want somebody. I mean, of course you want somebody that wants to do everything that you want to do, right? I love somebody that wants to do that, but also embrace their own passions and put me on to their passions. So right. I want to yeah, be, yeah, cause I want, I want to be there to support you. I don't want to be all about me, 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 me. And then you feel like you're getting shredded in the stick. So definitely support my passions, but don't be afraid to show me your passions so I can support you. And in, in, in the sense that's also not allow me to, to branch out and do things that I'm, I might not be used to or, allow me to create a new skill and maybe we can be passionate about the same things and we're you know we're growing from that but i actually have a lot i have a question though before we end so everybody want to ask a question you say you a music reviewer and you you know oh, okay so i'm not gonna ask the question you think i'm gonna ask though <laughs> okay okay but donda certified lover boy ah uh, man you can you put that you, uh, you want me to go first? He's asking oh. you. I, I got a real, okay. I got real okay. question. Um, so, 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 so for me, um, sonically, Kanye's album sounds better. Mm-hmm. But I think it's made more like a live experience. It, it, it sounds like they recorded a concert at the highest quality. And that it doesn't, it doesn't feel the same in an audio experience when you're listening by yourself or in headphones or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, that's what it sounds like to me, and I think it 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 uh, didn't necessarily connect with a uh, certain aspects of what I thought it would be. So, with that being said, I like I like Certified Lover Boy better, but they're both not their either artist best best ever. Hundred percent, hundred percent. All right, this is the final question. Then we can close because he really what this he he just actually that to ask you that the real question was he want to actually this is the real question. Uh, All right. Real question, like, do you rock with G Herbo? 
was really Yo, I was not expecting D Herbo from Kanye and uh and Drake. Um I've never been too big on Herb. I like him at, oh, it's, it's, you know what's funny for me is I have artists that I like their personality um more so than their music. I I, I enjoy certain people interviews and their social media more so than their actual music. Huh? And he's one of those guys for me. Yeah, oh, oh, man. I will say that Lex, Lex could actually be very pro. Pro, pro <laughs> G Herbo. Very pro yeah. G <laughs> so, so are you guys real big on drill rap in general, or is it just more so that G Herbo is like like one of the guys from Chicago that stood out the, uh, the most of you from that, like um, those uh, I listen from his to like era? I a lot of Chicago rappers, but like G Herbo is like my favorite. Yeah. No, I, I have probably in the last year or two years, I've listened to a whole lot more drill rap just because okay. it's, for me, is new. And okay. I like this to new things. And I, I mean, I, I like the vibe of drill music. So, yeah, I, I definitely say, I feel like everybody's in America is, is I feel like every album that's come out in 2021 has like one song that's, 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 that's drill music. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, for me, for me, it's certain energies I can I can rock with in certain elements. Um, me being being in the Midwest for a lot of years of my life, and also having lost a lot of people to violence, I cannot like co-sign that music on a consistent basis. But I also understand the energy of it. Um, and like say when I'm working out, or like say when when I play when I play ball, like I can understand it because you want certain things to just elevate your mood from an adrenaline standpoint, and it's just pure adrenaline. Um, and I understand it for that purpose. But in the greatest scheme of things, when you lost people to gun violence, I can't listen to that continuously. Yeah. Wow. Especially 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 for somebody that doesn't live their life anymore. And all they do is talk about killing, but they, they, their kids are being brought up in suburbs and they live, um, they're eating Mr. Childs and buying a girl red bottoms and, you know what I'm saying, living a life of luxury while they're talking to people that, that live in absolute chaos. I, I just can't rock with that. So I, I honestly, I rock with Chance the Rapper more and more than him. Really? Okay. I was going to ask who your favorite rapper is. Like, My favorite rapper? No, I was going to ask who you, say who your favorite artist was, yeah. Um, My favorite artist? It kind of, it kind of go. Uh, I would say all time, probably. It you're, probably in, you're in the mecca, it's, Atlanta. It's a, it's a, it's a mix of Jay, Fifty, and uh, and Yay. Um, Yay is what brought me like that. That made me love music in a different way because he's the first person that talked about music. Um, and when he wasn't a drug dealer, he was a pimp. He was just an average everyday man, and that, and Drake is the evolution of that. Um, but from fifty standpoint, and everything that I said about the violence and everything, he's more what he represents to me is like when I said about people in their interviews. His interviews have been more entertaining than some people's whole albums. You get so many gems from listening to him speak, uh, the moves that he's made, his philosophies, and the way he's transitioned in different parts of his life from the streets to music to film now. Um, I think I, I love what, and then plus he's funny. Um, and I, I, I like that. He reminds me of a few cousins that I have. And then with, uh, with Jay, it's like same thing with 50. It's the ability to, the ability to transcend, trans, um, uh, transform himself and evolve in different pockets of life. I, I'm real big on evolution and growth. 
And if you're the same person in five years, you wasted five years. Yeah. I really agree. But <clears throat> Jay Rich live from the Living Room Podcast. This was a good. This was a good episode, man. Great, great episode. <laughs> He probably got he probably got Jay jammed up once it's a little bit, little bit, you know what I'm saying? You like that? He feels in the hot seat, but nah, like like I was saying, like the, at the very beginning, like you reaching back out to us and <laughs> you reaching back out to us, especially as quick as you did, that was very like enlightening, like for us. We were like, I told him I was like, dang, uh, he reached like I was like, all right, I'm reach out, see what he say. And then once you reached out that fast, I was like, Jay, bro, we might, like, might have something here. Like, he reached out fast. And then, like, as we kept talking, like, on a regular, it was like, okay, you actually, you're, like, you're you're involved with it. Like, you didn't just, we didn't just talk that one day, and then you were like, okay, I see what I can do, or we just make something happen. You kind of, like, you kind of picked my brain a little bit and seemed like, oh, what's the type of audience y'all like, or, um, Oh, I, I listened to a couple of episodes and I seen where y'all topics went or like you actually you didn't, you didn't just stop there. Like you kept like going and that like made me like, OK, we we're doing something here. Like we got someone that's like behind us with the same goal and passion as us type of thing versus you have most people where they wouldn't pay you pay you the mind. For me, follow up questions and follow through with people is very it's, it's the easiest thing to do to get the information that we want or need and then also how we can learn about ourselves and each other. Um, the easiest thing we can do is just follow through. I mean, if, if there was a hard no or I, I don't rock with y'all, I just would have said it. Um, and, and I would expect it because I've, I've received, you know, I've received that as well. And the easiest thing to do is not leave somebody on and say, hey, I see that I mess with you or not and not be Hollywood with the answer. Because um, I respect it more. I respect the no, a, a fast no than a, um, than a slow yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, for me personally, um, because I I don't like gray areas for people. But one of the big things with me is I I, is, I make things black and white, yes, no. I don't like gray areas in in uh, my new show when it comes to that with, uh, interaction with people. And I mean, I I enjoy you guys' energy. I enjoy what you guys stand for. I enjoy your content, and I'm and I'm anxious to see what, what you guys have going uh, moving forward. And you know, I'm here to support you. Appreciate it, man. Like I said, I like definitely appreciate you for coming on here and, and speaking with us. And honestly, I look forward to, you know, having collaborations um, down the line. I mean, yeah. um, I mean, that's something we can talk about for sure, because I'm I know Lamar is probably thinking the same thing. We're definitely about to be. Like I said, we appreciate you. And no, you definitely brought a lot of energy to the episode, a lot of stuff that maybe got me in the house. I might be in the doghouse now. <laughs> Today. No, no, we we definitely enjoy when people come on here and have uh, their own their own minds and they have exactly what they want to talk about. And they and they like I said, our our most fun and best episodes is when we have people come on here and know what they want to talk about and, and they pressure us. They put they put us in the corner and make us talk. And that's exactly what you do. That's honestly what we look for. We ask people to be on the podcast. We 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 thrive off that, and uh, you brought that and more. So we appreciate it. Yeah, I, 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 need thing, I need two things from y'all. Yeah. One, Larry, I need you to put that battery in that smoke detector. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, if you ever come to Atlanta, you got to come sit on the couch and be on the show. 
Gotcha. Look, I got I got family out there. They my look, my my mom and dad just came back like two weeks ago, and we have a good friend actually with the school with that lives in Atlanta. So I'll be out there soon. So when I do, I'll definitely hit you up. Yeah, I'm actually down for that because like I got I know a lot of homeboys here that uh, I went to school with that's actually from Atlanta, and they seem the same invite. Like whenever you come out here, like just come out Atlanta, we can do something. Because I've never been to Atlanta before, and like it seemed like somewhere. You got to at least go to once to see how it is. Man, I, first time I went to Atlanta, not first time. First time I was older, I went to Atlanta. We went to uh, Cascade. Changed my life. Chill out, chill out, T.I. <laughs> yo, going to a QT in Atlanta would change your look, outlook on everything. Everything I knew growing up was a lie. Like, I, I didn't know they made it like that. Yeah. Yeah. For real. Yeah. Yeah, but, for real. But, but like no, for sure. Another collab is for sure coming. And like I said, I appreciate you, man. Cause like we reached out, I reached out to you last week and look, we already the turnaround of us having to make oh, it last week? together. Yeah, I think it was like that. Yeah, it was like last week. Like last man, life goes so fast. I just yeah. I put everything on the calendar and it just falls through. Like because I don't even know, I don't know how to track days sometimes. If I don't put it on the calendar, I, I just I just know what my next assignment is. And now I just try to yeah. Back. yeah, facts. Time yeah. is uh, like I said, well, maybe more to come. Yeah, well, Lamar, Jay Rich, man, what are you finna do? We gotta get active, man. Let's get get active. active, man. Let's get, get active. active. Get active. Appreciate right. you, man. Till next time.